0: your presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt roerbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric march in matt how are you i'm good man how about you i'm feeling uh, a little
1: bergman-esque melancholy reflective i think we should i think you know for more work for you to do i think you should uh sort of change this to black and white
0: yeah i could eh, that wouldn't actually take uh, too much work but yes today we are reviewing mia hansen loves uh bergman island uh starring mia Wazakowska, vicky creeps tim roth uh anders uh danielson lee lie lie uh lie uh and more Uh, One of our last films, Eric, uh, that we watched at the 2021 Toronto International Film Festival, Uh, we watched it actually after the festival ended. Um, We kind of decided that we would, you know what, the movie comes out, uh, you know, this Friday, October the uh, 15th. We would hold it uh, until the release of the film. Um, That way it was, you know. I guess more relevant to everyone um, since we waited anyway Uh, and it snuck up and I know it was one of your favorite you could say it creeped uh, to my top (laughs) spot Vicky creeps definitely better in this movie than she was in old and there's also a beach in this where they throw jellyfish which I have never seen in a film before Jellyfish, jellyfish fight fun. yeah That's like, it's like what a trope man you don't you <laughs> come on um, but yeah it was snuck up there and uh uh was one of your favorite films of the festival or yeah, your, yeah no the the my favorite um uh, I, you know
1: petite mama and 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 bergman island are interchangeable it just depends yeah. on the day but like I was. what mood
0: you're in because both movies i mean yeah
1: if you're if yeah. you're in for something that's maybe a little bit um shorter with childhood whimsy but that's not too whimsical and also very poignant and moving and you need a good emotional cry petite mama is your film if you're looking for something that is a little bit more um mature and grounded and looks at both uh, a relationship that maybe is straining, but also the artistic uh, our, process, the, the artistic process, but the relationships that we have mm-hmm. to the artists that we cherish yeah. the most in terms of, can we separate the art from the artist, and how, once the artist is gone, what their legacy is and how that kind of changes over uh, the decades. And, and Mia Hansa love for people that don't know, maybe her films are coming to this, movie, you know, having not seen Eden or any of her other previous films is very much a filmmaker who um, could easily be sort of um, boxed in as a walking, talking uh, director in maybe a similar sort of sense to someone like Richard Linklater, where a lot of her movies are about characters having conversations about sort of little sort of moments and and mundane kind of things, but also um, really important sort of overall uh, aspects that could really affect their life moving forward. Um, with Bergman Island, you have two pairs of couples and each one of them is kind of dealing with, you know, their own artistic process, but also the relationships in which they have and sort of the, the main sort of focus is on, two filmmakers played by vicky creeps and tim roth who go to Faroe island which is known as bergman island the island the where titular
0: bergman island, yeah yes
1: uh, ingmar bergman uh worked and wrote and uh, basically uh, shot many of his uh iconic films and it's now become this tourist uh, attraction. Weirdly, I was thinking in my head while watching this. This is almost like the art house version of Jurassic Park sure. in a weird way, where it's like you have you know these people coming to the island to see you know these iconic locations and you know spend some time in a rep theater and eat um a lamb burger on sort of almost like a safari s kind of yeah. uh, bus ride. They do ride. go on a
0: safari. <laughs>
1: um But essentially, what this couple is doing is that they're you know they they're both huge fans of this director's work but at the same time they're also trying to you know find inspiration for their next projects you see that tim roth is you know a character that's very much sort of in demand and um he's there
0: visiting a film festival right like yeah yeah
1: and he's he's also in the process of putting together his next film which i think is in pre-production because when they're sort of going on the ferry and he's having a conversation with i guess one of the producers he's saying like okay if we keep moving this we're going to lose you know the main cast and Stuff like that. So he's kind of overshadowing her career, Vicky uh, Creeps' character, who seems to be more kind of a, a, an up and coming art house uh, director. And, uh, you know, there is a meta kind of uh, quality even to that because uh, Mia Hansen Love used to be the partner of Olivier Assayas. And you can see sort of echoes of that relationship there and sort of it kind of being a little bit or semi autobiographical, even though you know it's it's not necessarily her relationship but you can sort of look into that um over the course of the film we see that you know this movie again is looking at how you know our relationship is towards you know uh, a filmmaker but also the people closest in our lives and how maybe you know if if Two people are competing against one another, or are they trying to create this um sort of competition within themselves? And it's also just about kind of figuring out like what you want to do and what you want to do next in life, you know. And 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 Vicky Creeps,
0: which I who, can connect with deeply for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and she, her character. What I love the most about her is she's trying to figure out what she wants to do next, whether it's another film, whether it's just to sort of take some time to do some writing, just to. To be inspired. And when she comes up with this idea that she sort of talks to or workshops with Tim Roth, you you have this interesting dichotomy because they're both filmmakers and their perspectives are very different in terms of their sensibilities. Like we see a scene... You know, one of of Tim Roth's characters movies being played at this, you know, rep theater and it almost looks like Irma Vep and in in a lot of ways, Um, but it almost kind of comes off as like a like a slasher film where the movie that creeps has in mind is very much what. Mia Hansen Love is known for, which is yeah, this walkie-talkie kind of movie about relationships and a very life and and, yeah and and a very um emotionally devastating moment in, in the character that she's writing. And then on top of that, you have this wonderfully layered performance also by Mia Wasikowska who um has to do a lot with what the text is sort of hinting at. And it's a hard character to pull off to bring uh a reality to and i think that her character and that performance is really a standout and i don't really care for abba but there's a dance sequence you great,
0: know great abba dance sequence yeah, that I was uh, very happy about
1: that works really really well but yeah i was just overall taken by um the performances the naturalistic quality of hanging out but also again what it has to say about art house fandom i think we've talked a lot about
0: a couple scenes there
1: marvel movies and marvel fandom and and just maybe comic book and, and but i think mia hansen love is saying that that kind of fandom isn't
0: just you for know, superhero movies.
1: Exactly. And we're yeah. we're there's a scene where you have two characters talking about uh the shame or or shame, or, or, yeah. or shame. <laughs> and like whether it was released in Europe with the in the title or internationally elsewhere with just being called shame, and that conversation is as obnoxious. Or as sort of minute in detail as any conversation, you know, art house critics and people would be dismissing those who are talking about Marvel movies in the same way.
0: And and, and and that's what I've always said. And that's what I mean. It's like it's it's anytime I love that sequence and I I feel like it is really funny and also just like you said, uh, totally kind of not kind of poking fun at being like, you guys are taking this stuff a bit too seriously. And, um, but you know, and that's also, you know, juxtaposed with this movie is really, truly a love letter to Bergman too, where it is like, I think unpretentious, but still um, doing what those two guys are doing, but in a much more kind of subtle way. I don't know, but like, I really love the movie too. And um, I love the meta nature of it. And I know we don't want to go in like, you know, detail detail of what the movie's about because i think that's one of the most uh, you know pleasant surprises of the movie go in blind or go in as um uh, uh you know as unseen as you can from the trailers and stuff like that where i feel like you should be pleasantly surprised about the narrative structure of the movie the less you know um, the better yeah and um i just i kind of really love Mia Hansen loves last couple of movies like I'm not super familiar with her entire filmography but I did see things to come in Croatia at an outdoor film festival and it was like one of the coolest experiences uh, I've ever had like and a great performance where, by Isabel Hooper. Um, yeah and like uh, Nevis and I went to this outdoor film festival in split uh, called the split Mediterranean Film Festival and it was this beautiful outdoor screen and there's a bar you could get uh, beers for like a dollar and like I just was crushing beer watching a Mia Hansen love movie and just like absolutely hammered by the end of it. And it's not a movie you would want to like, you know, be hammered for, but like, just really enjoy that experience. And then afterwards they had like a, you know, they turned it into the after party right in the same location, so the screens in the background, but they just had like music playing. And it was magical. And I really, it was like, Oh, I really like this movie. That's just, you know, Isabelle bear wandering around talking. It's just very me- like, kinda of But it's also like, it's also it,
1: her character in that is also going through a very significant yeah. change, having basically, you know, her husband left her and she's basically yeah. having to start over again and reinvent herself and sort of That's live what for I mean, her.
0: Like just the vibe of, of both that movie and this movie. Like, I, I just really kind of landed with me. And um, uh, I like that. just like subtext is everything, I feel like, with her, at least in this movie as well, where there's like some great sequences where she never spoon feeds the audience, where you kind of just, um, especially in the epilogue of the movie. But like, I just feel like... It, her storytelling the way she just lets her characters play out scenes and she's not really kind of giving you all the information, but she is giving you all the information just the based on how people interact and the subtle kind of uh, nuances in, in, like you said, the performances from Mia Wazakowska or Vicky creeps throughout the whole movie. Like I feel like there are little things here and there where it's not telling you what's happening, but if you're paying attention to how the characters are acting, you can kind of put together of how, you know, what things transpired or how they're feeling and different things like that. And um, yeah, I just thought it was a wonderful little movie and it's been a few weeks since, you know, we've watched it, but um, it, it's kind of stuck with me and I, I'll let you go off. Cause I know you just really, really love it. So.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, like, I think it's all about how, you know, art imitates life, but at the same time, you know, who, how we value you know, an artist's life and, you know, their past work in, um, you know, things to come. We, we we see a sequence where, you know, uh, Isabelle Huppert is also watching a movie and the movie that she's watching in that film is uh, a certified copy uh, with Juliet Binoche. So, you know, she, Mia Hansen-Love is a movie lover through and Absolutely, through. Yeah. And, you know, to see someone tackle <laughs> such an iconic filmmaker like bergman who has influenced so many filmmakers and i mean most notably you know the most problematic one but the one that he would always bring him up in terms of an influence was woody allen yeah
0: um
1: but it's interesting as well looking at like you know bergman's resume and how in the film like you know the the, the movie that everybody knows the best is you know uh the seventh seal and with that it's funny how quickly that movie is dismissed by tim ross character uh and it's like oh i don't even like that movie you know and it's like that's the one that, that's the most popular one so you could even look at that as sort of like yeah. you know like a uh oh it's too mainstream for my like I, I like the deep kinda, cuts yeah. you know like um and and so like that's interesting and then like when they first go to sort of his uh um cottage or his kind of his his getaway home, Bergman's home that they're renting, uh creeps and in, in Ross character. The uh the sort of the landlord or the person that's kind of there introducing it mentions that, you know, the the that they they are really prominent and Swedish people are really prominent in recycling. And they make a joke that, you know, like uh, Swedes take the recycling seriously. And it's kind of funny in a meta way as well, because they're recycling all of Ingmar Bergman's movies and legacy and, (laughs) and just every aspect of him is being reused to profit off of, or, you know, to, it's just, it's just so, so fascinating with how detailed it is
0: and how specific it is, but also how subtle. Some this is of a those real things. place too. Yeah, or like yeah. And then this is, is it actually like this. Like I'm I'm assuming she maybe traveled there and and yeah. saw this island, and then that's kind of and that's the meta nature of the movie. And I can't say the thing that I want because I don't want to give some away. But there's like blank is doing blank doing blank doing blank it's like three layers of the same thing and i think it's just really like there's that real life nature to the main characters to another set of characters to another set and it's just it's it's really really cool
1: yeah it's it's just one of those things where you think of like okay um you know how the u.s when it comes to what or north america in general i should also include canada in this um you know when we look at what we consider um worthy of you know praise and and sort of turning into something iconic you know you look at you know universal studios or disney or things like that and how they've created event theme parks and things like that and then you know the swedes have turned sort of the most morose um yeah (laughs) (laughs) dark filmmaker into this sort of popularized tourist tourist attraction. So like, even that is just kind of interesting in terms of how, you know, um, European culture versus American culture sort of idolizes different things in terms of like what we see, um, you know, in film and television and then what we sort of then take from that. Because, you know, when, when you think of like U S filmmakers, we don't really have a theme park, um you know for you know deceased uh directors you know there's there's i mean hopefully there's still many years left but like someone like martin scorsese or quentin tarantino or things like that where you wonder it's like okay well you know will these guys have their own sort of tourist attraction where they grew up you know like i mean obviously new york's new york and you're not probably going to be able to do something with that but like small towns where you know famous filmmakers or writers or you know anybody that that kind of makes an impact how you know people take advantage of that and sort of find an opportunity to kind of you know exploit that in in a way that gets you know notable filmmakers or others kind of interested to see where, you know, their favorites kind of maybe grew up or found inspiration from. And if you're looking for inspiration in that area, you might also be disappointed if you don't get that inspiration. And if you're also Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to that other filmmaker, that's also something that I think is very dangerous because you're setting yourself up for failure, you know, and like making a film that's called Bergman Island. All you can think of is, oh this is going to be a situation where you know this filmmaker is going to you know try to write their cries and whispers or something like that and it's like you know you're not going to make that movie you're just not it's not going to happen um so there's a there's a lot going on in this script and in the performances and in sort of where mia hansen love is right now and and, and thinking about like You know, this movie's been in in the works for a little bit now, and and at one point Greta Gerwig was supposed to be the lead, and and she had worked with Mia Hansen-Love. She had a a small supporting role uh, in Eden, which is about sort of the electronic music scene uh, in France in the late 1980s into the 90s, and sort of the joke was like – you know, Daft Punk could never get into a club because nobody was able to recognize them. And so they yeah. just were always like left outside. Um, and then Goodbye, My First Love is a, is a movie that kind of is about first love, but also from the, you know, which actually would be very close to, or uh, be a great double bill with uh, Petite Mama in 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 an interesting way. Um, so yeah, I, I just found this movie not only thoroughly enjoyable in sort of spending time with the characters, having conversations about you know, art house films and sort of, you know, fandom in general, whether it be filmic or, um, you know, uh, sort of mainstream, but just how confident and stylish the movie is as well. Like this film is something that it knows what it's doing and the director has a complete grasp on the material and she makes it look so easy and i think that could be a criticism thrown against her that all this is is just you know two people walking and talking in a beautiful location but i think there is more to that than people give you know her credit or other filmmakers that do the same thing i think that like just because yeah it's two people walking and talking you you have to think like the, the beats have been worked out so precisely, the conversations have been rehearsed, but at the same time they have to feel organic, yeah. the way that the films are directed, it, you know, the editing of it has to be timed perfectly in terms of how, you know, certain statements are made or how, you know, a conversation overall sort of is conveyed and sort of maybe echoes throughout the rest of the movie or if it doesn't, and and those things are so important to a movie like this that I think that if it were to fail, it would be easier to criticize it and saying, "Oh well, I guess it's not effortless." And um, in this case, like I think that this as a as a technical feat as well as a uh, an emotional one as a well wrought one um, is firing on all cylinders, and it's just one of those movies that again, like. You know, there's some details that you might forget over the weeks and months to come, especially if you're a film critic watching two or three, four movies in a week. (laughs) But the essence of what this movie is stays with you. And and again, I just love the idea that this director isn't afraid to kind of poke fun at um, cinephilia.
0: And yeah, fandom. no, I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's subtlety, you know, can work against it for those reasons that you're saying, like where it can kind of go under the radar or, you know, it might be not necessarily forgotten but underseen because of that. Because, you know, I think it's doing all of those things that you say. Um But because it's so effortless, it's almost because it's not flashy at all. No, um, it's it's hard for it to stand out, I think. And um, I don't think that's a criticism at all. Like, I I think the movie is wonderful. And I agree with everything that you're saying. It's just it is not a flashy movie and it is feels completely effortless, which means it kind of just, you know, I I don't think that there's one thing where you're like, oh, we're saying we don't want to spoil a certain plot point but i i do think that that is you know in the trailer they sort. i watched it before this they kind of do allude to what that is but um that is a stylish thing but again to eric's point it just kind of feels like it effortlessly like weaves into the narrative and it is stylish but it, it it's just i the subtlety in in her filmmaking and just the the effortlessness, I think you put it perfectly, Eric, is is I think what's uh why what I've really loved her last couple of movies. So yeah, I, I really like it. I'm gonna give it a uh a four out of five. Um I think it it, it creeped in there, uh, like Eric <laughs> mentioned, uh, to I think some of my uh one of my favorite movies of the festival. I don't know if I love it as much as Eric does, but uh I do think it is is a very good movie that you should uh you said it's gonna be on demand too, right? Yeah, on, so on in Canada.
1: in um it's a it's an IFC release in North America and in Canada it is as well. And I believe uh that it'll be available uh on the TIFF bell Lightbox uh, right, uh platform yeah. starting this friday and it might be on itunes as well but it i don't know if there's an exclusive window or something yeah yeah
0: we'll see and sorry you're rating eric
1: oh four and a half out of five uh yeah i really it really does. did like the movie uh quite a bit and um if you can see it in the theater and you want to see it in a the theater do so if you can watch it at home do It'll so. still play well at home yes so, yeah. it's just it's just a really wonderful movie to support and and again like I think it's, it's great for people maybe that aren't familiar with Bergman's work in ter- terms of just like as a jumping in yeah. point, but also for people that do know it, maybe they'll find it obnoxious because, um, you know, they're Bergman aficionados and feel that like, oh, they already know all this stuff and they're being, you know, condescended to. I don't think that that's the, the that's I the don't think there. so. I, I think, think it it's making a both. point. Yeah. I think it's making a point in terms of how we treat someone sure. like Ingmar Bergman as yeah. A filmmaker because yes he was a, a great filmmaker there is the criterion box set which you know if, if you haven't picked that up and you want to kind of dive into his work it's it's the quintessential collection um but at the same time he was still a human being and that also points out some things in, right. in the film that i think are really interesting in terms of you know him being married mm-hmm. multiple times uh how cruel he was to his family and then you know how some sort of historians and and film lovers sort of um justify that by saying, you know, he was a great was artistic art was, yeah. voice. Um yeah. but this is also, you know, we made the joke at the top. This is the best uh, Vicky Creeps
0: at a Beach movie in 2021. <laughs> in 2021. Absolutely uh agree on that one. Uh thank you all for listening. Uh we have a couple other reviews, recent reviews that you guys can check out. Uh we just reviewed the last Duel Sir Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, so you guys can check out that review we will have a review for halloween kills out this week as well Uh, so we're back into the kind of groove of things i'm in the process of moving so you episodes might drop on weird times or they might be slightly delayed so i apologize on all that uh it's uh, hey, next Friday. Like I moving. said before, don't apologize. man. I know uh, moving next Friday. So the next couple of weeks will be a little stressful, but um, we're still going to try to get this stuff out for you guys. Uh, new episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. You guys can check out on podcast feeds everywhere. Just search Untitled Movie Podcast or on YouTube. If you're already watching, you're in the right spot. Uh, hit that notification bell. Subscribe. Share it with your friends. All that jazz. Thumbs up. We'd appreciate it. Tell your it. mom. Um, my mom said she watched five hours of us yesterday on oh, YouTube as she, as she prepped for Thanksgiving. So I, like, I feel like I need sweet. to like we so. need to send her like money or
1: something. I think she's just like even a thank movies you she note.
0: hasn't seen. She just like it's it's cute. It's, well, I, and, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We really yeah, do appreciate that's it. That's all our views are coming from And we're mom. sorry that you had to listen <laughs> to us. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the Internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck and
1: i'm eric march and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time the winner takes it all